Minnesota West Farm Business Management Series of Podcasts. Got a couple special guests today that we'd like to introduce. Today's guest, Farm Management Instructor, is Brian Boomgarden. Brian, where is your office located? Where's home located? Good morning, Jeremy. My I live in Pipestone, and my office is located on the campus at Minnesota West in Pipestone. So Pipestone is the Grand Central Station. Other than farm business management, what do you do out there in Pipestone for fun and entertainment? Well, my wife would tell you that I don't do anything for fun. But, uh, I have a small livestock operation. We raise some registered red Angus cattle, and I also try and dabble in raising replacement heifers, commercial and registered and otherwise. Do some beef cattle things. And- just try and stay up to date on what's going on in the agents. That fits right into the topic for the day, Brian. Well, yeah, the reason we're doing this topic is because I got my forms in the mail and I needed some guidance. Speaking of today's topic, Brian, what is the topic today? Well, our topic today is a livestock forage program from the FSA. And we have our county executive director in Pipestone County and Rock County, Eva Kramer. She was gracious enough to join us and is going to give us some information on that and maybe answer a few questions along the way. Sounds fantastic. Good morning, Eva. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So you're our resident expert today. I guess we can put you on the spot and tell Mm -hmm. us all things uh, FSA related to the Livestock Forage Program. I'll do my best. Sounds great. Brian, we're going to leave you and Eva to have a conversation. Sounds good, Jeremy, and we'll get started. And once again, thank you, Eva, for uh, taking the time to be with us today. Probably what we should start with, the Livestock Forage Program, maybe explain a little bit, explain who qualifies, how they qualify, some of those things. Sure. So the Livestock Forage Program is for livestock owners and contract growers who graze livestock on pastures that have suffered a loss due to drought during the normal grazing period. Pipestone is eligible for LFP, the Livestock Forage Program, because we've been in D2 on the U.S. Drought Monitor for eight consecutive weeks, and then actually a day later we hit the D3 status on that Drought Monitor. Eligible livestock are grazing animals that satisfy the majority of their net energy requirements of nutrition by grazing. So these are not going to be animals that are in a feedlot, and the animals need to be used for commercial use. These aren't wild animals. Animals used for recreational purposes like hunting, roping, pets, that sort of thing. These are commercial use animals and include alpacas, beef cattle, buffalo and bison, beefalo, deer, elk, emus, equine, goats, llamas, reindeer, or sheep. That's quite a list. (laughs) Yes. The livestock needs to have been owned or leased or purchased by the owner within uh, 60 days prior to the beginning of the qualifying drought. So for Pipestone, that was August 2nd. So in other words, they need to have owned them or leased them by June 3rd. And the pasture has to be physically located in Pipestone County or a county that has a qualifying drought, which many of the counties around us do have qualifying droughts. So that maybe leads me into another question. For instance, my operation, I have some pasture up in Pine County and Kanavik County. Where I go to find that information on whether those pastures are qualified. Sure. So if you go to the FSA website, which is fsa.usda.gov, 
Programs and Services tab. When you click on that, there's a drop down that'll have the disaster assistance programs. And LFP is actually the fifth one down on the left side. FSA.USDA.gov. There's a Programs and Services tab. When you click on that, there's a drop down that'll have the disaster assistance programs. And LFP is actually the fifth one down on the left side in order to find it. But um, the, the site shows, it's, it's updated weekly, and it shows which pasture types are eligible, because not all pasture types are eligible. And it, it'll show which counties and when they became eligible for the Livestock Forage Program. Well, yes, I'm not confused, but I was unaware that there are different types of pastures. I guess I just assumed my pasture was my pasture. So. Yeah, so this, that's, that's a good thing to bring up, because this is going to be based off what certifies FSA in the spring when they come in. Um, so a lot of the pastures around here are native pastures. Some of them are improved pastures. If they've ever been seeded, it's considered an improved pasture. There's also forage sorghum, I believe, is going to be eligible because it has the D3 status. So if you've certified any of those pasture types, they would be eligible. So I know we're going to have some people ask the question, so what if I did not certify my pasture acres? <laughs> So there's, there's two scenarios there. Sometimes the pasture gets certified under the owner, and that's easy enough. Then we can either have you bring a lease in or fill out a form called a CCP 855 that both you and the owner would sign off on, and we can revise that acreage report. No one reported that acreage. There would be a late filed fee to certify it. So there's a $46 fee per farm for us to come out and just verify that there's a pasture out there. So it's still doable, there just may be a fee involved to get that done. Correct, yep. Anything else on who qualifies or anything? I think we've covered that pretty well. So the application process is going to be what then? I know I received forms in the mail, now I don't know if everyone did, but if they hadn't, what yeah. then? So if, if you certified a pasture, we did actually pull up a report and we tried to contact everyone that had certified a pasture. So now if you didn't certify your pasture, obviously you wouldn't have gotten one of these in the mail. But this is actually one of the easier applications that FSA does. I'm not buying that for one. <laughs> <laughs> for, for most people. <laughs> what we would need to know is how many eligible livestock you have on each pasture type. I mean, if you have all native pasture, then we just need to know your total head. And then we would need either a copy of the lease or if you don't do a written copy, a lot of these guys just do verbal agreements. So we would need the form CCC 855. And it's a, it's a simple form. It'll just list what terms of the lease are. And it has just a box you can check mark, whichever, you know, if it's dollar per acre, cash or fixed dollar amount, or share rent, that sort of thing. And then both the owner and you will sign off on that form. And the software automatically pulls in the pastures that you certified to. So that's a, a pretty easy process on our side. How is the calculation of payments made or whatever the case may be? Right. So if they certify in the spring, the software is going to calculate based on the number of livestock, 60%, not as much as we would like, obviously, but 60% of the lesser of either the monthly feed cost that it calculates for the covered livestock or it's calculated by using the normal carrying capacity that's been established by the Minnesota State Committee of the eligible grazing lands. So both of those are calculations that the software will do after we, you give us our, your livestock numbers. 
and then it'll take the lesser of those two, 60% of that, and that's what it'll pay on. So that's a one-time payment thing? That's a, well, it's a one-time payment unless we get into a different drought status. Then if you've applied initially, the software will auto-generate those payments, future payments. So if we were to hit a D4 or D5, the software will automatically generate those payments for the future. Let's hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, that's good to know. Right. So once you've applied, you're, you're good to go. And that if that can all be done at your SA office, I'm assuming, or? Yeah, now's probably a good time to maybe bring up uh, our favorite topic. I know everybody loves talking about the COVID-19 stuff, but um, <clears throat> our, our offices are being managed weekly based off of a spreadsheet that gets sent out as to whether we're allowed to have visitors come in the office or not. Um, so your best bet is to call the office first, and if we're able to do an in-person appointment, we are happy to do that. If it happens to be a week when we have high COVID cases in the county, um, the, the door has to remain locked and we'll do our best to, to service you through um, via phone, email, fax, snail mail, that sort of thing. Well, uh, we all know how jumping through hoops like that puts a crimp in our day, but I mean, it's just those are some things that we have to do to try and be safe and, and consistent with everything. Jeremy, I think this is a great place to have some fun farm facts. Today's topic is grasshoppers. We've heard a lot and seen a lot on the TV here recently about grasshoppers. There are nearly 400 species of grasshoppers in the 17 Western states of the United States of America. Each species of grasshoppers produces their own unique sound and they have their own language. Depending on the species, gra grasshopper eggs can range in color from white to yellow, to olive, to tan, to brownish red or dark brown. I will give you the remaining grasshopper fun facts at the end of this podcast. Thanks, Mike. What other questions do you have, Brian? Are there other programs and even that are covered? I know there, well, when I got my packet, there was some uh, form here for hauling waters and things like that. Uh, yes. So maybe you want to cover some of that information. Yeah, so we do have another program going on right now. It's ELAP, which stands for Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm Life-ish program. Um, so this comes into play for livestock for us. It's for losses resulting from additional cost of transporting water. We have many guys in Pikeville County right now that are hauling water for their animals. And so because we have hit D3 status, there is a payment. This also pays on 60% of the lesser of either the cost to transport water to the eligible livestock for 150 days based on the daily water requirements for that eligible livestock or um, the actual number of gallons of water that you've had to haul to your eligible livestock. So this one, we do need you to contact us. If you've started hauling water, please let us know by September 1st so we can input your notice of loss. That has to be done within 30 days of when we hit that D3 status. And as long as you initiate your notice of loss within 30 days, we can get the rest of the information later. But we'll need to know the number of livestock that you've had to um, provide water to. And then uh, it's good to keep track of the number of gallons you've had to haul. So that, that's another one that's not going to be too bad of a, an application process either. So just make sure you give us a call by September 1st so we can get you in on this program. So is September 1st kind of cut off or? It is. It, it has to be within 30 days of August 3rd. And so 
close of business September 1st is going to be our, our deadline for notifying us that you've had to haul water. We don't need all of your information up front. You just need to contact us to say, yes, I've had to haul water. And we'll, we'll get you in the system. And then we can, you have actually till uh, the end of January to apply for that program, but we have to have your notice of loss by September 1st. Well, certainly we have had, I know, a number of our producers in Pipestone County hauling water for quite some time, actually. So that might be something that they want to make sure that they get that information to you. And I guess September 1st is gonna be next week, Wednesday, from what I can see. So that deadline will be creeping up on us here. So good to know. So anything else? I mean, what should the producers bring to the office if they, I mean, was it, is it best to call for an appointment if, if you're either able to still see folks physically and if so what i know we talked about this cc 855 which is that least form anything else that we have to have for those people no just just your number of heads um so if you know how many livestock you have and if you have a written lease great if you don't like i said we'll provide you that 855 form and you can always come pick that up ahead of time if you want um before you start the process but like i said it's one of the easier <laughs> easier applications that we have as far as SSA goes. And so are there other programs we should? We are, we're sort of finishing up uh, CRP emergency hay and grazing. We've had a number of producers who've been able to, to participate in that. There's still some time if you are interested. I mean, I think most guys will come in if they have CRP and they plan on hay or grazing it. I hesitate to mention some of the other programs just because they haven't actually been approved yet, but there are uh, some future programs we're looking to do the droughts um, for our area. So stay tuned for that. Well, good. We, en we enjoy more government programs, no doubt. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I say that facetiously, but I mean, I think all our producers appreciate the assistance you folks uh, supply to us and uh, certainly those monies that help us get through these tougher times. It's, sometimes we all complain about those forms and the, the time it takes, but there has to be a record somewhere. And the last thing I should ask is where can we, if we need more information, other than calling you folks, is there stuff online that we can go out there and grab or? Yeah, so it's all at the same website, the fsa.usda.gov. There's a lot of information out there. You, you should be able to pull some of those forms as well. I believe the CCC 855 is available online. If not, we're happy to, to email it to you or stop by the office and we'll we'll get it to you. However, it works easiest for you guys. So. Sure. Well, anything else you'd like to mention or bring up at this time? If you do have pastures that are not physically located in Pikestone County, we can still assist you with that application process. Um, there's just a different carrying capacity for each county. So I know we have producers in common with, you know, Murray, uh, Moody, um, Lincoln, that sort of thing. We we can still assist you with that. And if you have any questions, we're always happy to talk to you. Please just give us a call and we'll work you through this process. Well, you folks are going to have an enjoyable time with mine when I have, <laughs> I, I have my own pasture in Pipestone County, least pasture in Pipestone County, least pasture in Murray County, least pasture in Connecticut, and least pasture in Pine County. So you should get a full tour of Minnesota on your computer. We certainly appreciate your time and 
look forward to maybe having you again when we have some other programs or other information we need to give to folks to our producers. Thank you for having me. We're happy to, to help the producers in any way that we can. All right. Well, it's good to have you. Jeremy, back to you. Well, thanks. I just want to review for our listeners. If I was going to summarize this in two sentences, best thing to do is call ahead to your FSA office. Uh, if you're calling ahead and want to qualify, we need to know the number of head and you have to have the 855 form filled out if your pasture wasn't certified. Uh, it's best to do this in the county that your pasture is located. But if you're like Brian and have pastures across the country, your local county can help you uh, get all that done. They just have to do some more work on carrying capacity. When is the deadline for this program? The deadline is sometime in January. Correct. Yep, the deadline is in January. It would normally be 30 days after the end of the calendar year, so January 30th. However, January 30th is on a Sunday this year, so you do have that extra day, January 31st. You guys did a great job. Thank you, Brian and Eva, for your presentation. Thank no you. problem. Mike, tell us some more about grasshoppers. Adult grasshoppers live for 51 days, Jeremy. Even light grasshopper infestations, say six to seven per square yard in a 10-acre hayfield, will eat as much as one cow per day. If you double that infestation to 17 grasshoppers per square yard in a 40-acre hayfield, you will have a ton of hay disappearing a day. That's right, 17 grasshoppers per square yard is one ton of hay a day lost in a 40-acre field. That's the end of the fun farm facts for grasshoppers. Back to you, Jeremy. Well, that includes our show for today. Stay tuned for our next podcast coming up in two weeks. All right. If you would like more information uh, about uh, farm business management, we have 19 instructors covering the, the geography of southwestern Minnesota, west central Minnesota, southeastern South Dakota, and northwestern Iowa, working with about 750 farmers. More information, you can contact us at 507-847-7929 or at sue, S-U-E dot L-O-V-E-L-L at M-N-West dot E-D-U or follow us on Facebook at uh, Minnesota West Community and Technical College Farm Business Management. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you.